Hey, this is Ashley. Hey, this is Marcy. And this is School and Life, a weekly podcast about life, love, and occasionally libations. If you haven't checked out our website lately, check it out. It's at schoolandlifepod.com. That's S-C-H-O-L-I-N, Life Pod. Also, follow us on Instagram. We're at School and Life Podcast on Instagram. That's at School and Life Podcast, S-C-H-O-L-I-N, Life Podcast. We can't wait to connect with you there. This week in Mentor Moment, I would just like to thank everyone that participated and engaged with the Black Women at Work series in August. Um, I went live every Monday at noon in August to talk about Black Women at Work. Um, Black women um, are um, really challenged at work for a lot of different reasons, and I really wanted to dedicate some time and attention to the um, primary issues that are plaguing Black women in the workplace and um, really just understand how I can best support you um, in the ways in which you're challenged and and, um, helping you develop strategy to do that well. So thank you so much for everyone that participated in September and beyond. I'll be back to IGTV and recording videos every Monday uh, to talk um, IGTV and uh, on IGTV. And this week we're talking about career moves, Um, really vertical versus lateral career moves um, and how um, career development and career strategy Um, is often mistaken always for career advancement. Um, But there is power um, and honestly, a lot of money in lateral career moves. And so in this week's video, um, you'll hear me talk about those and how to leverage lateral career moves in your favor. So if you um, are, you know, really, if you are really looking to be more intentional about your career right now and make the lateral move, um, I definitely encourage you to do that. Um, and if you need some help with that, let me mentor you. Uh, you can go to my website at mentor-me.org. That's M-E-N-T-O-R-Me.org um, and schedule your mentor moment. And I will be able to serve you, help you understand what the most pressing issues are facing your career um, and answer career questions for you. I am also so proud and so excited to announce that I am launching the Mentor Me Accelerator. That's right, the Mentor Me Accelerator one more time in 2020. I've launched this program four times this year. They've all been sold out and very successful. And so if you know you want to make career moves this year, you don't want to wait till 2021 to get unstuck at, in life and career, the Mentor Me Accelerator is absolutely going to be the best fit for you. The October cohort of the Accelerator only has two slots left, and it is the absolute last way to work with me this year. So I want to make sure that you get um, access to your slot right away. The only way to be a part of the Mentor Me Accelerator is to hop on the phone with me. Um, you, we just will be on the phone for about 20 minutes. I really just want to know what's going on in your career right now and make sure it's a good fit for you before we get you started into the program. So we want um, to first start with that mentor moment. So you can go to mentor-me.org um, to go ahead and schedule your mentor moment so that you can um, get secure your slot. You can also go to accelerator.mentor-me.org or if you want to go right to the accelerator page. But either way, we're going to hop on a phone call, really understand what the most pressing issues are facing your career, and so that I can understand how I can best serve you as a mentor. I'm so excited to work with my last cohort of 2020. It's been an amazing year for Mentor Me, and I'm just so excited to serve even more. So if you know you need expert-level career mentorship um, to advance your career, again, go to mentor-me.org. Um, and schedule your mentor moment today.
So, and I digress, this week we are talking holding a grudge. If you were one of the 1.2 million people around the world who watched the Monica and Brandy verses, you know somebody was holding a grudge. And I don't know about you all, but I really suffer from secondhand embarrassment. So watching an awkward friendship, an awkward conversation, particularly between two Black women that I admire, was cringe worthy. But grudges, even if they're not on the main stage, even if millions of people are not watching, they can be hard and they can be challenging and they can be um, things that really um, are challenging to navigate. So on this week's episode, Marcy and I are going to dive into grudges. We're going to talk about where grudges are, if we've ever held a grudge, if anybody has a grudge against us, and um, what uh, makes a, what we're willing to do to let a grudge go. Um, so let's dive in, Marcy. Um, how, like, how would you define a grudge or how does a grudge form for you? So when I think about grudges, I think about holding on to um, rifts or disagreements or altercations, arguments, betrayals, all of those things. And not forgiving, not letting go, not reconciling, not moving on, but still just having that heavy emotional weight related to whatever the incident was that sparked it. And just really, and then also, so there's a heavy emotional weight, but then it also dictates the way that you engage and the way that you show up in that relationship with that person. How would you define a grudge or how do you think it's formed? It's always after some bad blood right like it's all a grudge is almost always after a rift in the relationship somebody did somebody wrong um something went badly and i feel like a grudge is one of those things where it's like slow burning so there was probably an apology there's already probably been a quote-unquote smooth over but you just didn't let it go you forgave but didn't forget and that's where a grudge comes from because like a grudge to me is not like oh i'm hot i'm mad i'm angry a grudge is like i'm simmering i'm smoldering I, I got a little fire under me and I think that that kind of resentment that kind of like energy um, can really tear you apart and I think I I have held grudges before but not for long like I'm definitely one of those people where first of all I'm very trusting <laughs> I'm very trusting I'm very like I'm a girl's girl especially with women like I'm a girl's girl I'm I'm a girlfriend you know I'm definitely you know, um, like get a lot of energy and have a lot of respect for women, love being around women, love spending time with women. And so if a woman has wronged me, I'm definitely like, oh, well, let's work it out. Let's figure it out. Um, if it feels like on purpose or it feels really painful, like I'm likely to just like fade to black. But I, I definitely like for me, it's like, oh, OK, she tried to play the fuck out of me. And so I'm just going to fall back. But I'm also but I'm usually not going to I'm not going to hold a grudge. I'm just going to be over it. Like, I'm, I'm just going to, like, remove her from my life and, like, fade to black, but I'm not probably going to be, like, holding a grudge. The times I have held a grudge was when I felt like we were better than that or, like, our relationship was better than that and you still try to play the hell out of me. You know, like, that to me is super duper hard when it's, when it's, like, a situation where it's, like, because, you know, some things people do, maybe they don't know you very well or, like, you didn't see it coming or they didn't mean to, or maybe y'all both was wrong. I feel like that's different. But I feel like when I feel like somebody knows better, but they still really hurt my feelings, 
that's when I've been inclined to hold a grudge when it's like, damn, like, I really trusted you or I thought we were better than that and you still really hurt me. I think that that's when in the past I've held a grudge. Marcy, have you ever held a grudge? Oh, for sure. I've definitely held grudges in the past. But the thing is, as I get older, (laughs) I have learned to let them go. I just, one, my memory is too short to, like, to be honest, I hold so much for other people and so much in my brain that I have to remember for the work that I do that I just don't have the time, the space, or the energy to hold on to that kind of energy. So generally speaking, in the present, it's really difficult for me to hold a grudge. Um, But for sure, when I was younger and less mature and less enlightened about life, definitely um, was a hardcore grudge holder because in a lot of ways, people don't apologize for things. So let me say this. What I learned is that we all have different ways of wanting to be apologized to. And while someone saying, I'm sorry, sounds like an apology, if that is not your language of apology, if you will, it doesn't feel that way. Like it doesn't feel like they actually apologize. And so as I learned my language of apology, I started to understand why when people just say, I'm sorry for something or my bad, which is not an apology, it didn't feel genuine. And so that would often lead to holding a grudge um, or like wanting to punish someone also or wanting someone to feel the same kind of hurt like when I hear people talk about the grudges that they hold that's usually one too it's like I want you to feel as much pain as I felt in this situation so they hold on to that grudge um but as far as people having a grudge against me probably (laughs) but if they tell me that they have a grudge against me I definitely try to resolve it um I'm definitely not uh I don't apologize for things. I tend to be a lot more critical of myself than other people are. So if you come to me with a problem, chances are I'm going to try to fix it. But as far as I know, I don't know of anybody that has a grudge against me, but girl, you know, we be out here. So who knows? (laughs) What about you, Ashley? Does anyone have a grudge against you? They better not. Because I don't already apologize. I am like... And you know, so funny, I'm actually going to do a live on this later this month because I really feel like women need to stop apologizing at work. But I actually, in my real life, in my actual grown ass life, I'm always apologizing because I'm often wrong and I don't have no problem with that. Like, I don't have no problem with somebody being like, girl, you was wrong as hell or like, hey, this hurt my feelings because I'm so like, I spent all of 2019 like leaning into Brene Brown. I am in a space of vulnerability and no shame and no guilt. So I don't have no problem with you telling me wrong. You're probably right. And I already apologized. So if you got a grudge, girl, that's your problem. You mad, I'm not mad because I already apologized. And my apology was genuine. And I was intentional about like figuring out what your apology love language was and getting it right. I don't, I'm not like a mean person. Like I'm not I, I, I often say this, um, <laughs> I often say it's like, I'd be so busy minding my business that you can't even, like, it's, if you're mad at me, you mad. It's not really about me because I'm so busy minding my business that I really have, like, very little time for you to be mad at me. Or, like, I guess, like, I've already, I was so intentional about, like, oh, wow, okay, I'm sorry. That was shitty of me. Let me do better. Let me figure out how I can, like, give penance or whatever because I actually want to be, like quote unquote over this or done with it because I have so much other things to do. I actually don't have time for you to be mad at me and I don't have time to be mad at myself because I I like used to struggle with shame and guilt. And so because I'm like actively working to get out of that like ugly cycle, I'm quick to apologize. I'm quick to like 
like be quote unquote over it or whatever. And not just because I want to be over it because I actually want to like move on and, and have a healthy relationship. So better not nobody had no grudge against me. And if you do got a grudge against me, girl, you better let me know. Cause we need to be over this. We need to get, we need to move on. And I think that um, for me, like when it comes to grudges, like I'm so ready to move on because the energy, I think you talked about this, Marcy, right? Like the energy it takes to be mad at somebody, the energy it takes to like hold a grudge, the energy it takes to be like a mean girl is energy I literally don't have because I'm so busy and my life is so full and it's so full of good things and it's so full of happiness that I actually don't have time to be like a mean, nasty, rude, hurtful person. I just literally don't have the time. Um, and I think that I want to, like, I want to be over any grudge that I have with anybody. I want to, like, reconcile with anybody who's angry with me. I want to say I'm sorry, and I want you to say you're sorry so that we can move on because the world is really hard. And although we can do hard things, shout out to Glennon Doyle, um, we, whenever we can't, whenever things could be easy, let's go ahead and, and do that too. And friendship and relationships and partnership um should be easy in some ways right and so like i'm really quick to forgive i'm quick to let go i'm quick to say i'm sorry because i want to move on i don't want to hold a grudge um but i know that grudges are held right and grudges happen so like let's say somebody's got a grudge against you marcy or you have a grudge against someone else like what's what's what makes you willing to let go i would definitely agree with that energy piece and just that when I think about forgiveness, um, and it doesn't, like when you're holding a grudge, it doesn't necessarily always involve forgiving someone. But when I think about forgiveness, I think about letting it go so that I'm healthy and that I'm okay and that I'm mentally well, not so that the other person can feel better. So for me, my willingness to let it go is because it's like drinking poison, right? Like it's literally like burning you up on the inside. If you're always angry and you're always bitter and resentful, like I said earlier, it impacts your way of interacting with people. So I don't want whatever grudge that I'm holding against somebody to determine the way that I treat my dog, the way that I treat my husband, the way that I treat my girlfriends. Like I don't have, like you said, the time or the energy for any of that. So those things in themselves really do force me to not want to hold a grudge. But also, like I said, I don't be remembering this stuff. Like I barely remember what I wore last week. What I love that you're like, oh, you mad at me? For what? Oh, I for... apologize, my bad. I thought we was over that. <laughs> Girl, I thought we had moved past it. I literally do not remember what happened. I will apologize, but you're going to have to remind me of what I actually did. I, you're so. annoying, Marcy. Actually, I will not accept this because you're just like, oh, you mad? About what? What happened? I can't, I can't barely remember. You're horrible. <laughs> why like girl let it go so that is me y'all if you have a grudge against me I promise please let me know and I will apologize but I don't remember um <laughs> and so but I do think though if there was someone that I had a grudge with or it also you can tell when somebody has a grudge with you too so if there's someone that I know um has a grudge with me and that I care enough about the relationship to actually go and rectify it I will go say something to them like hey what's going on I noticed there's something that's off like do we need to talk did I do something I probably don't remember so please let me know um and just have a conversation and really show and offer them compassion I we recently did this um marriage boot camp where we listened to these sermons about like conflict and 
one of the things that he said um, in the sermon was that you are right and that person is right. Like both of y'all are right. There isn't a, oh, I'm right or I'm wrong. In most situations, if you look at it from a different perspective, you're both right in that situation. So can you see the other person's perspective? Can you see all of the perspectives possible so that you can come to an understanding of where that person is coming from? And then can you listen to their heart to see what it is that they need or what they were wanting in that situation? So those are the kinds of things that I like to try to think about. Um, And if you can engage with someone being able to say like, hey, I hear your perspective. I see where you're coming from. I hear what your heart is trying to say. And then ask them for the permission to be able to do that back with you. I think that's a great way to resolve um, holding a grudge. So what about you? How would you engage with someone that you had a grudge with? I love listening to someone's heart. You're such a therapist. That just like made me like so, oh, that just made me like really, I don't know what word to use, but like it just made me feel like, yeah, like we have to listen to each other's heart. Like even when it's hard, like even when we, like obviously don't let nobody disrespect you, right? But like, like, like maybe both of y'all are right. Or maybe like, maybe they're they're angry and they're saying stuff and you're like that ain't even right that ain't even what happened but like obviously they're angry and obviously something happened and maybe they're not articulating it well but like listen to their heart like that is so true marcy thank you for sharing that i feel like that's really powerful um and i think that like in general i actually don't engage with people who i have grudges with because like i said i girl i already apologize you mad i mean and if you're still mad after I have apologized, then we probably should go ahead and move on. Like we like we should like move on. And by move on, I mean like we should move away from each other because what's true is that like, I really have apologized because I'm not a mean person and I really do want to get over it. And I, if you still mad, you still mad. And it probably ain't nothing I can do about that. Like, that's just, a, that's just a you thing. And that's what's happening with you. And, and I'm never going to invalidate your feelings, but I'm also going to tell you like what capacity I have for your feelings going forward. And it might not be to keep apologizing to you for something that I genuinely have already apologized for. And you're still mad. If you feel like my apology isn't genuine, you feel like my apology won't allow us to advance, then that's again, a you thing and not a me thing. And that just is what it is. Um, and I think that, and in the same way, I have had experiences where I've apologized, right? Like I've, I've, heard, I've done things wrong, I've hurt people, or I could have quote unquote like done it better. And I've apologized and those people did not accept my apology. And can I tell you, that feels so shitty. It feels so bad when somebody won't accept your apology, when they won't believe you, the earnesty that you're coming to them with. But even that is just is what it is. If you did wrong, if you could have done better and you didn't do better and it falls apart um, and they won't forgive you, then they get to hold the grudge. And that just is what they get to do. And you can be mad if you want, but, and I literally hate this phrase, but it is what it is. And, I, and so what I would say is like, if somebody's holding a grudge against you, and you're salty about it, you can, you absolutely need to do the work to apologize. Like, don't be like, well, I let them know, no, like you really need to apologize. But then once you apologize, and if they don't want to let it go, then you might need to fade to black because you can't expend all of your energy trying to forgive and process with somebody who doesn't really want to get over it. Um, Any closing or final remarks, Marcy, for folks who are dealing with grudges or folks who have a grudge right now? I think I would just say let it go like 
let it go. Life is too short. Like we are, and it's not to even sound cliche, but literally like life is too short. And we, I think the rapture is on its way. And you know, there's a scripture in the Bible that says something along the lines of like, if you are holding a grudge against someone, walk away from the altar, don't even pray to me and go resolve it with them. I think that right now is the time for y'all to be doing that. It's so much freer. Your heart can be lifted and lighter. And who doesn't want to be free and light during this season? So let it go. Resolve what you need to do. And I appreciate what Ashley said, too. If sometimes if you have a grudge and you can't let go of it, maybe that person just doesn't need to be in your life anymore. And so if that is the way that you need to be able to let go, let go. But also, if there are things that you can work through, work through it. But let it go. Free your spirit. Indeed. And we digress. Next up is All Black Everything. Marcy, what do you have for us this week? So this week in All Black Everything, I know that we'll be a little bit behind of this news coming out, but we have to, cannot go without talking about um, the death of Chadwick Boseman. Of course, um, I don't really want to go into all of the stuff that y'all can see on the internet because there's a lot of stuff on the internet that you can see. But when I got the news of him passing, I remember it like shaking me to the core. And I am not a big person that's always like impacted by celebrity deaths. Like there have been so many celebrities that people like Prince and Whitney Houston, Michael Jackson, like all these people who have passed and it, it shook people. That is not me. That's not my personality at all. But for some reason, this almost took me out, <laughs> like literally broke me down. My husband as well, like I could see the pain in his eyes when he told me and just sitting there completely in shock. Um, and it was just, I think it was just such a painful loss for our community, not only in the midst of the time, the week that we had had, the season that we're going through in life right now, but just the staple that he was within Black entertainment and film all of us and just to see like the reactions of children having their little um funerals at home the little black boys and the little black girls and that also black i don't know outfit. if that can i just interject here to say you know i'm not i'm nobody's parent but i just don't know if that was the best decision my parents to tell their children their their young children that black panther was dead like girl like i mean i don't you know listen i'm nobody's parent. i don't know the rules but i feel like you could have just saved it like till they were 21. I just don't know why you would tell a child that. That seems so extra. Ugh. <laughs> I don't know about 21. And I am too not a parent. But death is a part of life. And the earlier you can start teaching people that death is a part of life, it might help them to not be not be able to deal with death. But it was heartbreaking, to say the least, to see all of that. And um, a lot of people commenting on like, why didn't we know and he didn't tell us we are not privy I think that we get real confused with Instagram and social media and celebrities sharing certain things but Beyonce tells y'all best y'all are not privy to anybody's information and I was so impressed that he was a celebrity and in that much fame with that number of people coming in contact with him and they never like no one knew that was one of the biggest shocks was just that we had no idea and I'm not mad at him for us not having an idea but definitely was one of the reasons why it was so significant and even just going back and watching his experiences him interacting with people the the giving nature that he had he I watched the video well I didn't watch the video I muted a video and glanced at it a little bit 
of people like talking to the Black Panther. Um, I think it's a, I don't know, the Black Panther poster just talking about how thankful they were for being able to witness and experience that. And then he came from behind the curtains and like surprised them and gave them a hug and showed them love. And it literally was like a heart jerker. It just, it ripped me apart. So I'm just grateful for Chadwick um, and everything that he was able to do. He was very intentional about making sure that the roles that he played were representative of what he wanted children to see on TV, that he wanted to represent Black people in a way that was memorable and honorable. And he will just truly be missed. And I just also want to add Black folks, go to the doctor, like get your tests, get the things done. There's still such a stigma in our community about, and rightfully so, not saying that the medical system hasn't failed us in a lot of ways, but there's still a stigma around getting these tests and getting these, th- getting these things done. He was 43 years old, had been battling this for four years. So he was diagnosed about 38, 39. And it's just a gentle reminder to us that we cannot, like we can't play with these things. We cannot not go to the doctor. If something is going on, if something's wrong, please talk to someone because things are real out in these streets and we want to live healthy and long lives as long as we shall live in the best way so shout out to Chadwick definitely missing him lots that's all yeah and I think one of the things I've been reflecting on is how lonely it must have been for him right to like go through that by himself to not be able to share that with his uh castmates right to share that with you know people who seem close to him they weren't just you know co-stars they were friends you know they were close and um I remember seeing something about how like one of his co-stars were talking about how like initially like they thought that he was a diva like oh he had like masseuse at the set and he had like all this special oils and all this stuff and everybody was just like bro like it's you know I get you're a Hollywood star but like you know I understand you're the Black Panther but keep it cute you don't got to do all of that but it's also a reminder that like you never know what anybody's going through so like you need to mind your business also your kids are probably gonna be ugly if you keep talking about people so at the end of the day you should just keep it cute and be nice to people because the other the other way could have you apologizing on the internet um because you're ashamed that you talked about people so badly so i really do think that it's a good reminder to mind your business um (laughs) at all times so last but not least is TVT. Um, this week we are doing a throwback because Marcy, you're watching one of the classics. So I'll let you take it away. Yeah, so I, I told y'all, I think I told y'all a few weeks ago that I am just been immersed in reading old books that I've read in the past instead of trying new things. And um, right now I'm reading the Twilight series and by reading the books, I also have to watch the movies because that's just the way that my life is set up. And y'all, those movies are trash. <laughs> the Twilight series are the worst movies. Like, I am never a fan of book-to-movie adaptations anyway. I have very few that I'm actually like, those were done well. Harry Potter, I allow it just because I love the story so much, but still, they're horrible book-to-movie adaptations. This isn't even just about the book-to-movie adaptation, though. The movie is just really bad. (laughs) Like, so, if y'all don't know the story, it's about a girl, she grows up in the middle of nowhere, Washington. Well, she grows up in Arizona, moves back home to middle of nowhere, Washington, falls in love with this guy who turns out to be a vampire, 
the, throughout the whole series. Then she also falls in love with a werewolf. So she's just like attractive. And that's where the so. story ends for me. Like, I was, you know, I was like, okay, cute, a girl from Washington, a teenage love story, and then somebody's got to be a vampire. I'm good. <laughs> exactly. Random. Vampires, werewolves, mixed breeds, like all kinds of things happening. But either way, the story with the vampire is that typically he has red eyes, but because they eat, they don't eat um, humans, they eat animals. So their eyes turn into this like golden color. But baby, when I tell you, the first time he pops up on that screen with them golden eyes and them contacts, and you can see the realm of the contact lens, like really, y'all couldn't have like done some kind of- No CGI, they didn't even try. (laughs) Y'all didn't even try. And it's just stuff like that throughout the whole thing. And I I get frustrated with books and movie annotations because there's so much that you can hear in a a character character's head that you cannot replicate replicate on tv so you miss all of these different things in the movie that you just don't that you get in the book so anyway i'm binging it just because i'm reading the book it's funny to laugh at hubby is watching it with me and we're both just cracking up at things that don't make sense like they'll literally say oh you're not supposed to be in the sun you can't be seen whatever whatever and then the next thing the sun is a streak down the dang old side like just make it make sense. So if y'all are just interested in some trash TV, the movies do get better. So we just finished the third movie and there are two more for the last book because the book is like a tome. Um, but we're going to watch the last two movies because I'm pretty sure that they get better in the last two movies. But those first three, if you just want some comedy and some good laughs, definitely feel free to watch the Twilight series. <laughs> I love that. And at Marcy's suggestion, I think we talked about this last week, I st- start rewatching the game. Um, so I've only like watched like one or two episodes, right? So I'm I'm like really starting over. But and I actually like I kind of know at least some of how it ends. So I'm just like prepping myself, like literally holding my breath. But like Darwin um and girl Melanie, they're just so cute and they're so adorable. And like I love how like he like really loves her. Like you can see like his admiration for her and he really loves her. And I also like love and I, I can't really remember, but I kind of feel like she was maybe like the first woman on TV, like black woman, who wasn't like pressed about like her man being a football star. Like, I feel like we are often portrayed as like, oh my gosh, my man's a superstar. Let me follow after him and like be all up his ass. But like, she's just was like, okay, go play the ball. I'm in med school. I have things to do. I have classmates. I have things. Like, and she just had her own things. And like, we just need to see more women on TV having their own things with their own vision and their own things, like their own lifestyle and it not being attached to the success of a man. And I just really love that. Tasha Mack is a fool. I just, I just cannot wear her. She's such a fool, but um, shout out to mamas who are holding their sons down. Um, And I'm just excited to like watch it with like fresh eyes, I guess with grown eyes um in a way that I haven't um as well so I'm excited for that and I'll we'll we'll bring the game back uh in future episodes because Marcy uh, Marcy did you finish it did you finish rewatching or where are you so I finished the first three seasons because I was very adamant about um not watching the ones when they went to BET because I felt like they just drug it through the mud but I gave it a chance. I watched one episode of season four, and so I might go ahead. It's five more seasons, though. So we might have to have a a conversation next year about all (laughs) that. Come on, 2021. Reprise. Yeah, that's real. I didn't realize it was that long. Okay, that's good to know. Okay, good. Good. Well, um, I'm excited to rewatch it with fresh eyes. I might 
full bay into watching it with me. Um, we don't we don't have the same taste in TV, so he's very much a reality type of guy. I'm not watching nobody fake drama. I need real drama, i.e., scripted. Um, so so I'm so we're not on the same page in that. But maybe I can get him to watch it, and then we can we can discuss from our perspectives of our partners and how we see it as well. Um, but that wraps up this week's episode of School and Life podcast. Um, I have a very special announcement. I'm really excited to share that um, I am hosting the Mentor Me Accelerator again one more time in 2020. This will be the last small group cohort program that I launched this year, um, and it is specifically designed for new and mid-level professional women. So if that um, is how you identify, if you know that you are a professional who's stuck right now and really wants to leverage this year to get unstuck, I am ready to mentor you and I know that I can serve you in a meaningful way. So schedule your one-on-one mentor moment appointment at mentor-me.org and I cannot wait to serve you. That wraps up this week's episode. We will see you next week. School's out. Class dismissed.